You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here alongside Matt Jennings. And uh, it's Monday, which means Matt's with us, which is great. Also, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Um, Built Bar is a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. And if you'd like to try it, why don't you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. And if you use, use that promo code, you'll get 20% off your next order. But uh, Matt's here with us, and we're going to talk some TCU football. Um, Frogs finished the regular season 6-4 and four after a win over Louisiana Tech yesterday. I don't feel like we need to spend a lot of time um, rehashing that one. They, they won 52 to 10. It was never really a game. But, Matt, my first question for you is, uh, I'm sorry if I get this young man's name wrong, but I believe it's it's Clay Curtis or Chase Curtis, number 46, walk-on wide receiver. Chase Curtis, yes. Chase Curtis. So they had a fourth and two on their first drive. or Yeah, it was fourth and two. They're inside the 10-yard line. And – all of a sudden, I see a guy with number 46, and it looks like he's going to take a snap. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe this is a fake field goal. Uh, but no, it was a, a wildcat, wild frog formation that did not work at all. Uh, how much did you laugh when that happened, Matt? <laughs> oh, man, a lot. It was one of those things. You, you were talking about a fake field goal. I thought it was – I thought it was something like that. Like, you know how like a lot of high school teams will like set up like in the swinging gate on like every kick to start and just see what the look they get get is. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not something they like, then they'll switch like they'll end them just like kick. I thought it was something like that. And they were going to move into, uh, I didn't get a chance to see everyone on the, on the field. I don't think Griffin Kell was on the field, but that was my mind trying to rationalize in that moment. Like, what is this formation? Surely they're not actually, oh, nope, they're doing it. And, <laughs> um, you know, which is fine. You know, you're, going, you're, you're inside your opponent's 10. It's fourth and short. You're, as you saw from the course of the whole game, wildly just like have a wild talent advantage at pretty much every position. So I don't hate going for it there. That's fine. But that particular choice of this is how we this we this is what we think is our best chance to get two yards is just baffling to me and it's what i i tcu has been awful in show in uh like we've talked about this on the, on the pod before they've been awful in the red zone and scoring territory in general for like three years um and they were all, and they really weren't great before that like during meacham's first stint as play caller and i really don't know I can't point to like one specific reason, but like that was like very emblematic of it. Like getting way too cute, mm-hmm. you know, and just, oh man, it obviously didn't matter because they won by 42 points, <laughs> right. but it's just very much like em- emblematic of like all the frustrations that we have with this coaching staff of just like, is you've got Quentin Johnston and, and, and Zach Evans and Kendra Miller and Max Duggan and Tay Barber and Proel and just all these options and your choices of run, just a run right up the middle with Chase Curtis. That's a choice. Yeah. And I mean, like we're not making fun of Chase Curtis. He, you know, he, he didn't ask to be in that situation. They put him in one. Uh, I, I saw Gary say after the game that he's, you know, walk on, they love him. 
I get that. I saw him make a few plays on special teams because after that play, I started noticing 46 more than I normally would in the course of a TCU game. <laughs> but just bizarre. And, like, if you want to give your senior walk-on a moment, that's wonderful. But maybe let's wait till we're up, you know, three scores. <laughs> let's not do it in a 0-0 well, zero, zero game well, in the first all, quarter. And it's also, like – do it on like when you have a second and two where it's just yeah. like, oh, it doesn't yeah. ruin a drive when, when you're inside the opponent's 10 and it's fourth down. Like, and it, it, that's not necessary. Like, that's putting, that's putting undue pressure on him. That's the thing. It's like, there's nothing wrong with doing trick plays or, 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 or you know, throwing, a, throwing a, a look at the opponent that they haven't seen before. But you've got to pick your spots well. And it seems like whenever they end up in third and short or fourth and short, the answer is always let's run some variation of the wildcat because you don't trust your ordinary offense to gain two yards. It's very, very odd. Well, and that was the other thing because he didn't hit the hole with a lot of gusto. And it's, (laughs) I think he was probably surprised. He was like, oh, we're (laughs) we're doing this now? (laughs) I thought this was going to be when I was facing like the second string defense. I didn't think this was happening now. So that was weird, but overall, a really good game. And what I wanted to talk about first today, uh, which was a positive, is I think the biggest reason for hope, or if you're coming off this regular season and they finish this well, the team did, and you're thinking, what does this mean for next year? Um, They have two skill players on offense who look like all-American caliber guys like Zach Evans as a true freshman and Quentin Johnson as a true freshman are making huge impacts. They they've gotten more reps and they've gotten the ball more in the second half of the season. And I mean, that's, that's something they've sort of been lacking. Like Darius Anderson was a really good running back and they've had good wide receivers like Jalen Rager, um, you know, post jocks dot Josh Doxon, excuse me. But this is this is starting to look like, you know, some guys who could have played and started on those 2014 and 2015 teams that were so loaded. So, Matt, moving forward, I mean, crossing our fingers, we hope that those guys are the ones getting the ball uh, the majority of the time in the future, right? Yeah, you know, I I think we're all a little – perplexed that they weren't getting the ball more earlier on in the season. I know there was talk about Zach Evans missing a whole lot of practice time because of like contract tracing and things like that early on, early on in the season. And, and, and Johnston did get featured at times early in the season. We saw that, especially in the Texas game. So um, it's not like they didn't use them at all, or like there wasn't a good reason to, you know, to maybe, um, you know, bring them along, you know, not throw them into the fire right immediately, but um, yeah, it's just, it's very, the more and more they get on the field, it's more like it seems odd that they weren't out there more before now um, because they're like they're your top two signees from this class and you're struggling on offense uh, anyway. Um, get them out there and see what they can do. And they've, and they've delivered when they've gotten the opportunity. Quentin Johnson is just like, like <laughs> it's just absurd. Um, just like what a, like what an athletic advantage he has against almost any defensive back that he lines up against. Um, whether that, you know, he's done a good job uh, when, when, when Max Duggan, like he did against Louisiana Tech on Saturday, 
um, is able to hit him in stride and he's just able to just, you know, with those long, uh, with his long gait, be able to just like outrun guys easily and make catches in stride and, and, and go deep. Or if he can, or if he needs to go up and just like make a contested jump ball catch, he can do either of those things. You know, the thing they'll want him to do at some point is kind of diversify his route tree a little bit. But right now, if you're just going to ask him to, you know, go deep three or four times a game, he's going to turn into 130 yards. Seems like a pretty good plan at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, Zach Evans is just, he's such a smooth athlete. He's so, uh, and, and just can, he's so dynamic as a runner, can break, you know, can break a, a, a drive open with one play very easily. Um, you know, he's averaging 7.7 yards per carry this season. Um, and he's only carried the ball 54 times. Um, and he's gotten way more work carries this season, uh, here in the back half of the season. Um, you know, one qualifier we should add for him and for Johnston for the whole team, obviously, if they've, you know, they had this five and one stretch down the end of, uh, you know, down the last six games, it's not been against amazing competition. So you take everything with a, you know, a little bit of a grain of salt because, you know, they've got like one really decent team that they've played over the course of these last six games in Oklahoma State, you know, Louisiana Tech and Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech, those are all games that you should win and they did. But um, the they handled their business against teams uh, and did what they were supposed to do against against teams where they had a talent advantage and 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 that's really what you should see when a team is growing when a team's getting better you want a team to take care of its business and and take advantage of its of those uh, mismatches and that's what they've done that's what they've been able to do with Johnson and Evans and that's encouraging to say the least and and it should be to your point kind of what you move toward heading into 2021 and the last thing I wanted to ask you before we move on to the defense a little bit is this offensive line has gotten better. They've, they've stabilized, but you talked about the, uh, the talent disparity that they've seen over the back half of the season. I, I think it's encouraging that Oklahoma state went on the road to Baylor and, and wiped the floor with, with Baylor because you know, okay, they're not a team that just has given up. Do you think this offensive line has gotten a lot better? I'm seeing some, you know, praise for Jared Anderson. They they sort of found, fine in the last three weeks of the season, a, a group of five guys that seemed to work. But I'd I'd like to see them in a bowl game against, you know, an SEC defensive line, even if it's a bad team, just to sort of get a better read on where they're at. What have you made of, of the O-line uh, the past few weeks? Yeah, they've definitely been better – they still have breakdowns where, you know, the, the play kind of gets blown up before it can really get started. And Max Duggan doesn't, you know, gets, gets mauled a little bit, or he has to kind of create something out of nothing and, and, and escape pressure. Um, that still happens, but it doesn't seem like it's happening as often. Um, to your point, I think they have found a group that works with, uh, with Steve Avila and TJ Storman and Coy McMillan and John Lance. They've got some. They've 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 found a core group of guys that they that they like and play well together. And um, the the downside of that obviously is that TJ Storman's probably been your best offensive lineman this year, and he's and he's gone after this season as a graduate transfer. So um, you're gonna need to find an answer. The good news though is you get Wes Harris back 
um, uh, hopefully next season after he went down with a season in injury. This year, you've got some young guys who you really like, um, including uh, Garrett Hayes and some other, um, you know, high upside recruits recently that you're hoping you can, uh, can step in and make some, make some plays there. So I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic from what you've seen um, for them to improve from just like, as we talked about in the beginning part of the season, like they were abysmal there um, for them to go from there to um, maybe they're not dominant, but they're, they're not losing games for you anymore. They're not making it. So you just can't even execute your offense. Um, Now, again, grain of salt given the competition, but um, for the most part, I've been pleasantly surprised and, and cautiously optimistic with what they're, with what they're showing. I agree. I'd love to see them in, a bowl game against a defensive line with some teeth and, and see how they handle that and see if uh, how much of this is a product of the competition or how much of it is, is, is true growth. Coming up, we'll talk about the defense a little bit and pay tribute to a couple of frogs who were fantastic again uh, on Saturday night. But before we do that, let me tell you about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer that's made to chill. Holidays are coming up. I don't know if you have family coming in soon or if you're, if you're traveling this holiday season, but whether you're with others or it's just your, your close immediate family, um, it's a good time to relax and unwind. And when I get a chance to do that, relax and unwind, I like to grab a cold Coors Light. Um, there's going to be a lot of sports going on over the next few weeks. Hopefully we'll see a number of bowl games. The NBA is coming back. Uh, the NFL is still in full swing. So Coors Light understands that watching sports, being together with friends and family, that's your time. And there's nothing better for that uninterrupted me time than a cold Coors Light. And you can get it sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. You don't even have to get off the couch. You can order it right now. Um, please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, it's our Monday edition, which means Matt Jennings is joining me. Appreciate you uh, tuning in on its Monday, December 14th. And we're recapping... TCU's win over Law Tech, but really talking more big picture things in, in this podcast today. And Matt, a couple of guys that, uh, you know, there's next year of eligibility now, so I guess we can't say this for sure, but it feels like both of these guys are gone. One linebacker, Garrett Wallow, and then two safety, Trayvon Merrig. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts. We'll, we'll start with Garrett Wallow. He is a, a salty dude, man. Like he meets people with bad intentions. He makes things happen. He plays violently. Where does he sort of rank for you? We, uh, we've seen a decent uh, number of linebackers come through Gary Patterson's system. We are both, I, I think I'm, I'm fair in saying this for you as well, we're both Paul Dawson stands. We loved <laughs> watching him play uh, back in the day. Where does Garrett sort of fit in the lineage of, of great guys who have played this position? Because um, he, he's really become a force the past couple of years. Yeah, he's been such a consistent player for them for years, even when he started when he started uh, his career as a freshman at safety and then they moved him over. Even at safety, he was making – they had trouble keeping him – they really had a hard time keeping him off the field. He was just he, – he, he made too many plays, and that's been true of him throughout his entire career. He's grown into um, a leader that the whole defense takes their cues from him and he is, you know, whether it's, he's, he's in general, you know, 
with with few exceptions, he's a he's a pretty short tackler. They use him in a lot of different ways, whether that's in coverage, whether that's on blitzes, uh, stopping the run. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. To me, you know, I agree. I think in terms of like just you know linebackers who like I haven't seen anybody else do that. Right, Paul Dawson is still uh, like the goal standard to me in terms of like playing at his absolute best there's nobody else I want at that position but beyond him I think it's Trayvon Howard and, and Garrett Wallow you know to me because I think both of those guys as actually as former safeties had that perfect combination of um of uh, the ability to stop the run but also the ability to play coverage in space um and athleticism they're rangy um I, I think Traven's probably just a little bit higher on the list for me, but like they're 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 two and two a to me, uh, you know. Wallow's career, uh, he's Gary does this all the time. He really does. <laughs> he does this. He just finds some um, guy playing some other position, whether that's you know Dawson playing receiver or Ty Summers playing quarterback or Howard and and Wallow playing uh, safety, and they're like, hey, why don't you come play linebacker and rack up like 120 tackles? And they're like, sure, sounds great. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it's a credit to his coaching, but I, I think I think Wallow just. Uh, I've been so impressed by him in every different aspect of his game. I think he's going to, I think he's going to, um, I don't know how, you know, how much he's, what his ceiling is as an NFL player, but I would be, I think he's going to stick around in the league at the very least um, for a while, whether that's on special teams or, or as a rotation guy, or maybe he will be a starter because he's just, he's too talented and, 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 and has, has too great of an attitude um, to not have a, you know, have a very successful time uh, in the pros. That's my opinion. Yeah, he's been a monster, and it's been fun watching him play and really grow as a leader on this defense. And then, you know, Merrick and, and Adarius Washington, too, with that safety position, they had such high expectations. And maybe it wasn't always what we thought it was going to be, but I think Trayvon especially has just gotten better and better each week. Um, we think he's probably gone to the NFL at the end of the season, what has he meant at that safety position for this team in the past few years, Matt? Yeah, he's been great. He's been, he's been such a difference maker for them. He is, um, I, I think the best Gary Patterson defenses have a safety back there who, um, who can match up with, almost any pass catcher for the other team and, and also has those ball hawking abilities. And he um, absolutely fits the bill in both of those regards. We saw him match up uh, with uh, some of the best pass catchers for Oklahoma earlier this season. We saw him make uh, big plays just time and time again, when asked to, you know, cover receivers and tight ends and running backs in space. Um, and he also just has great ball skills. We, he hasn't, he hasn't pulled in as many interceptions this season as he did uh last year um but he's just he has such tremendous instincts and that um is so important in gary patterson's defense and so uh, you know it's going to be a shame to not have him around um because he he's such a difference maker um he has again his ability to kind of understand where plays are going and get get there before the ball does it's really, really impressive. And um, it's been cool to kind of see him grow. I remember um, his first season getting kind of spot duty. I think that was the 2017 season, maybe the 2018 season. It all runs together a little bit. But his his first time, he he, he got on the field and at a rotation safety. And I was like, this guy's 
really good. This guy, this, these guys got a lot of potential, and he's just delivered on all of that and more. To your point, yeah, he's gone. I, I would be shocked if he stayed just because um, he he's the top. Depending on where you look, he he's the number one safety in the draft. And you, if if the last few years are any indication, that indicates that you're going in the top half of the first round. Um, if not, maybe in the top ten. I, you know, I'd have to see what what he tests. Um, like w- in in um, you know with his measurables at the combine, but I would be shocked if he's not a first rounder. And um, hey, another first round pick that Gary Patterson can can add to his resume, um, uh, which will be maybe one more than Texas has for uh, another <laughs> year, which is its own fun other conversation. That's okay. Tom Irvin's going to turn this thing around. He just needs more time. He's going to get another year, allegedly. <laughs> Yeah. Conte. Um, well, well, once Urban Meyer said no, then uh, it's really hard to, to rally the boosters to, uh, you know, shell out the money for the buyout and paying, uh, paying for a whole new staff if you don't, if everybody's not on board with the next guy. And Urban seemed like he was the only guy that they were going to be able to do that for, according to the reports out there. So you got another year of Tom Herman, and I know TCU fans are happy about that. Come on back, CDC. This is a much less stressful job. Come on, man. You, you made a mistake. You know, you don't have to deal with uh, with these kind of things at TCU. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll discuss a topic that I'm excited about. Do we feel different about this team going into next year now? Um, 2021 has been promised to be the year for a while, and we'll break that down coming up. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar. Um, Built Bar is great. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's protein bar, and it's good for you. So if you're looking for something to help you, with your workout, or if you're looking for a, a snack, help you get through the day, you should try Built Bar. They have some delicious flavors. Uh, some of my favorites are cookies and cream. I'm also a big fan of uh, the German chocolate and the peanut butter as well. And one of the reasons I like Built Bar is it, it's not empty stuff. It fills me up. It's about 180 calories. Um, so it's good for you too. It's nutritious. It's not going to weigh you down. It's not going to be like a cheat meal or something that you feel bad about when you eat it. It's nutritious, it's good for you, it's all natural ingredients, and it also helps you get through the day. It's, it's the perfect thing to eat maybe before work, after you get done uh, working out, or before you go to the gym. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. So if you want to give it a try, why don't you go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code again, that's LOCKEDON. Locked on Horn Frogs here on uh, almost at ESPN Central Texas. That is not what this is. That's the radio station I work at. Okay, let's do this take two. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs. Matt Jennings here with me, and I appreciate his time. Um, later this week on Wednesday, that's signing day. So I'll have full coverage of this TCU signing class coming up on Wednesday's episode. So make sure you tune into that. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. That way it goes straight to your phone. Uh, Matt, let's talk about next season. Do you feel any differently now? We've had some sort of come to Jesus meeting type episodes a few times this year Mm -hmm. after the Oklahoma game, after the West Virginia game. How are you feeling now going into 2021? You're basically returning all your skill players. You're going to have a little bit of shuffling on the offensive line. You're losing some impact defensive guys, but you feel like, you know, you, you have some replacements there that you're confident about. Um, do you feel differently about your expectations for next season based on how they've closed this season? I 
Yes, but I'm not sure how much. Um, as as I've as I said earlier, I think you have to take up the last the back half of this season with a little bit of a grain of salt just because of the competition. I think the Oklahoma State game stands out as like this is your statement win for um, uh, for the back half of the season that says, hey, look, we did this against um, a quality team, and look, we can do this against not just beating up against bad teams, but you know, how much of how much of what you produced over the last half of the season is a result of your competition. I, I think it comes down to two things. I think your opinion of what this team can be in 2021 hinges on A, what do you think Max Duggan is going to be? And what do you think his right. ceiling is? And I still think his ceiling is high. I, I am concerned about this season, but again, we've talked in, we've talked at length. We don't have to relitigate it, but we've talked at length about like it seems like he was not healthy for a big part of this season, and it seems if Saturday was any indication, like he might be getting back into form. He finished. He was ten of thirteen, you know, for like hundred and sixty yards and a touchdown. Very efficient. You know, maybe he's fine. And his vertical the his vertical passing has, has improved steadily over the last two three weeks that's encouraging right and so if he is able to be healthy and take that next step last season uh, excuse me next season then you feel really good so that's the first thing i think there's reason to be cautiously optimistic on that front that's the first thing but the second thing is like do you have confidence in in this offensive staff's ability to put together a game plan week in and week out that's going to be able to take advantage of all the talent that you have on that side of the ball that i think is the question that I'm less bullish on because we've talked at length about, you know, the, the butting heads, seeming butting heads of, of the philosophies that Gary Patterson and Jerry Kill bring versus Doug Meacham and Sonny, Sonny Cumbie. And even though I favor Sonny Cumbie and Doug Meacham, we've talked at length about how their situational play calling is not something that we're crazy about. And so the combination of all those factors make me a little nervous um but if they can get a healthy max nuggin if they are if they're able to feature these amazing skill players that they have with johnston and evans and kendra miller and tay barber and 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 i am i think there's reason to be excited about it but i'm 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 not gonna say i'm not gonna be fully committed to believing in this team in 2021 until i see evidence um, from on that issue that there's more reason for optimism. I, you know, that's where I land. I think other people might interpret it differently. And then of course we're saying all this, we could, you know, after the bowl game, Gary could announce some major staff change on offense. I think it's unlikely given yeah. the way the season ended, but if he did, um, and, and made some shift and, you know, it, it, to, as we've talked about before, gives whoever it is, free reign to do what they want to do and 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 not be meddled with yeah i think there's reason for optimism i just don't know if that happens and that'll be the question that we agonize over for the whole off season until we get to see what next year looks like yeah i, I think we're sort of i don't know man it could still happen i feel like the way he's talked and i'm talking about gary the way he's talked about the offense all year which is is very much in this sort of tone of, well, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and getting better. And you guys don't really understand what we're dealing with. And, you know, another sort of undertone to that, I think, is I like not having to, to mess with this anymore. 
I think he's sort of let Jared Kill do his thing to a certain extent. Um, so I'm not super optimistic that they're going to make any changes on offense. But I think you hit on the two big things there, which you're going to, which it's going to hinge on. Um, yeah, is Max Duggan like a certified good passer who you're going to use to throw the ball every single game? Like, or are you going to go through another stretch like you did this season where there are three or four games where you run the ball 40 times and, and hope to hold on for a win? And then the offensive play calling is the obvious thing that has to improve or has to get better or has to get more creative. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about before we go. I feel like this next season will sort of tell us what this program ceiling is moving forward. Meaning, I mean, there's a possibility it could just completely wash out and be terrible, but if they're good, then is your ceiling for, for this program right now under Gary Patterson what we saw in 2017, which was a good team that won all their swing games, like except for Iowa State, won all the games that were sort of coin flips or that you looked at and said um, could go either way and got pummeled by Oklahoma. Or are they actual legit like conference championship contenders and potentially, you know, CFP contenders? Um, I feel like if everybody stays healthy and they improve, then we'll find that out next season. Yeah, and, and, and that's really what the narrative has been heading all through this season. This season was the dry run. It was the practice, uh, get a chance to, to get, get the uh, – you know, work out the kinks, and then 2021 was the year where everything's supposed to come together. I think you would have liked for this season to go a little bit differently um, so that you felt even, you felt really good heading into 21. But it, it must be said, if they, if a couple plays go differently against Kansas State, and if Max Duggan plays in the first half against Iowa State, yeah, they could be sitting here at, well, they'd be uh, eight and two and right. just everything feels very, very different. And it, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like with the Browns this season, like how real would that record be or would it be a little bit of smoke and mirrors? I don't know. Um, but you, you would feel better. And um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think next season is the thing I would, I would feel better. I would feel more optimistic heading into 2021 if I knew if I knew what in the world to make of what their philosophy was on offense, which is the thing we've been, I, to be a broken record, this is the thing that we've talked about for weeks. Um, and I won, and I do wonder how much of what they put on the field offensively this season was dictated by Max Duggan's health. And if he were healthy the whole year and they were able to actually do the stuff that they wanted to do rather than create this kind of like Jerry rigged MacGyver offense, um, would it have looked different? Would it have been more efficient? Would it have been more exciting? That's the question, right? And so, and so maybe, you know, maybe Meacham and Cumby and Kill are a little bit of victim of circumstance in that regard. But yeah, I agree. 2021 is, is the year where you find out that this team can be the thing that 
they envision themselves to be. They want to be Big 12 title contenders. They want to be, um, you know, te a team that finishes in the top 15, top 10. And really, they want to be a team that competes for the playoff. Next year's their chance to prove that they can at least be in that conversation. If it doesn't happen, then I think you have to have some harder conversations about what do you have to do to take that next step. Um, so I'm very eager to see what Gary says here as we head, as, as they, we get ready to find out what bowl game they play in, and as we head into the offseason, what his talking points are, what the narrative he's going to try and shape is, and uh, particularly around that offensive staff, it's going to be very interesting to watch. It will be. And Matt said it. Looks like there's going to be one more game for TCU football. Still not exactly sure what's happening with bowl season, but I know Gary said yesterday that they want to play and they want to do it if they can. So I'm optimistic on that front for sure. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Matt, thank you so much. This has been the Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.